the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing more. I felt a little loud. I've got to adjust my speakers, my earphones, headphones, whatever they're called, right? Um, Bust eight hundred drums. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. One of my favorite people to pay attention to is Warren Buffett. He is the, I'm not going to say godfather of soul or the godfather of investing. I'm not going to come up with dumb names like that. I'm going to say that he's done a great job. He's one of the richest people in the world. He's done it as an investor, not as a basketball player, not as a sponsor or endorser, but as an investor. Not as a guy whose daddy's found oil wells many, many years ago, but as an investor. Succession, capital deployment are two bigger questions people are are going to have for, for Warren Buffett anytime he talks, anytime he gets together, anytime he sends out letters. He's old. And he's not going to be around forever. He's 87. <clears throat> his little investment buddy, who's an incredible kid of health, and I call him an investment buddy because he's like a sidekick, a financial sidekick, this guy named Charlie Munger. And he's old. These guys have cataracts and stuff, you know? They're, they're, they're old. So what's the succession plan? And that's important. I think you should have that idea in your head with any company you're involved with. And I, I even consider a family. What's your succession plan? What, what happens if when someone leaves? Capital deployment. How are you going to spend your money? Warren Buffett likes businesses that make money. Those little dairy freezes that cost you know, two or three bucks to get a chocolate cone, softy cone, probably cost five, six, seven cents of, of material inside that. And that's it. And there's electricity and there's labor and stuff. He likes companies that pay him a lot of cash. Insurance. Every month you pay your insurance bill. And hopefully not every month are you going, oh, my house burned down. And the insurance company is like, I got to pay him a million dollars. Like, oh, I just paid my auto insurance. Oh, my car got into a car wreck. So usually he likes cash flow businesses, right? That, that, that people aren't making claims every day. But they are sending in their, pay, uh, their checks every month. So how about Wells Fargo? Wells Fargo is one of those banks that Warren Buffett has been involved in that he used to love. And he made a big ton of money in Wells Fargo, right? And uh, then Wells Fargo got into some legal issues. You know, they, they were good in the housing boom. You think since they service a lot of mortgages in a lot of, in a lot of communities, it, it makes sense, right? I own some Wells Fargo. So I'll pay attention to see what he says about Wells Fargo. Kraft Heinz, 
um, all big topics of like, why do you own Kraft Heinz? What's how's that working for you? Um, <clears throat> so we'll pay attention to that. <clears throat> if history is any guide right now, Warren Buffett will avoid reeling too much about who is going to replace him, even though it looms large. He's 87 years old. And if, you know, what Steve Jobs is to electronic phones, Warren Buffett is to investing. He always has something to say about the stock market, and he'll throw in some zingers or some ideas about Apple, which is a stock he owns and I own, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Facebook. As one Berkshire watcher once said, you know, his force of personality and leadership it's evolved over time. And I think he's actually, when the stock market's down, he kind of giggles. And I like that. So he's, I think, the greatest investor of all time. And uh, anytime he gets his little gathering together of people, it's worth paying attention to, in my opinion. 800-516-1220 each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Do you know what a preferred stock is? A preferred stock is somewhere in between a stock and a bond. Companies can issue bonds. You know that, right? What's a bond? Bond's an IOU. So a preferred stock is a stock that acts a little bit like a stock and acts a little bit like a bond. So if the stock goes up a lot, you don't get that upside. But if a stock goes down a lot, you don't get the downside because you only it only acts a little bit like. Preferred stock is a class of ownership. So if the company fails, for instance, you always hear things like, oh, the banks get their money first. If there's a big lawsuit, oh, the mortgage is going to be paid off first. So preferred stock is a class of ownership. They generally have a nice dividend that must pay out before dividends to common shareholders. So, if Apple had a preferred stock or Microsoft had a preferred stock um, and their regular stock pays a 1% dividend yield, maybe the preferred would be around two. Companies in distress will suspend their dividend. But the preferred stock could be a way to go for you to stay kind of in that stock market and not in the debt market, the bond market. And, uh, you know, you can get five or six percent yields in pretty good companies. They're junk, but they're distressed. They're not failing though. KKR has a preferred, for instance. Um, it offers an ownership stake to the shareholders, but it has the priority of the company has to be liquidated. Preferred comes in a lot of forms and is generally callable after five or ten years. So if there is a bankruptcy, you'll hear, oh, that stock's going to zero. The common stock goes to zero for sure. And then they look at the preferred and go, okay, do we have any assets left over? No assets. The preferred stocks go to zero. And then the bondholders are like, hey, hey, you were, we we loaned you the money. You didn't even give us you know company share. And if there's still no money left, the bondholders get wiped out. So it's kind of where you are in the, um, what's the word? Pecking order. So a lot of companies have nice preferreds, like Morgan Stanley's got a nice preferred stock and JP Morgan Chase, where you can get five, four and a half, five percent uh, on a dividend yield, which is again part of an income strategy. In retirement, 
Are you just going to live on Social Security? That's my income. I'm just going to go cash that check and try not to go out dip in the stock market. No, 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 no. I need some of your retirement assets working for you, too. So I'm Rob Black. I love you. Um, it's always good to chat. We're talking preferred stocks right now and kind of going over what those are all about. Again, U.S. preferred investors can get an after-tax boost because a lot of the issues pay qualified dividends. Uh, to the 15 to 20% rate, much less than the personal tax that you pay. So the, the dividends on the investment preferred share uh, has a nice income stream versus your Social Security, which is going to be taxed at your you know, taxable income rate. I don't know if taxes are the most fun thing to talk about. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. One of the things I want to talk about today is the president's legal problems continuing to mount. And so far, the market's had a very muted reaction. Don't get too lulled into a sense that everything is going to be muted. But with that being said, it's also a positive that we're not overly panicking, so to speak. All good news. All good news. Which is a very good thing. Which is a very, very good thing. Market is wavering near record territory. Also a good thing. We are more than halfway through the year, and as we wind down the year, we are in a situation where are we going to have a positive or negative ending to how this all works. Um, The bull market is old, and at some point in time, we're going to have two quarters in a row of negative GDP growth, and we're going to go into a recession. At some point in time, the market is going to have a 10 to 20% correction. And we will end the bull market and start a bear market. How far low? How low will it go? We don't know. But we're paying attention to all this at this point in time. Um, Because as the bull market hits record levels and record territory, it's very, very, very tough, not impossible, to continue that And then to think that you're going to continue it for infinity, it doesn't work like that. So the markets are a little bit lower on President Donald Trump's political position and the criminal convictions of two former advisors, Manafort and Cohen. Cohen's attorney is starting to go fund me page for his client. Isn't this the world we live in? That's amazing. And, um... So Tim Cook is poised to reap $120 million of stock after the big old rally in Apple. Most analysts are now seeing somewhere between 220 and 270 on price targets for Apple. Of course, those price targets will go out the window the moment there's a recession or economic slip-up or tariffs that get out of hand in China. Cook stands to receive 280,000 shares tied to his continued service as CEO. He'll get those shares of Apple's stock market return over the preceding three years at le- is at least two-thirds of the S&P 500. 
Apple has returned 119% since 2015. At what point in time is too much compensation? Do you have an opinion? Tim Cook gets annual installments from a massive award of restricted stock he received in 2011. So it was supposed to invest in increments over a decade. He's now worth, he's getting up there, $700 million plus million. I would imagine greater than that. Um, all as a CEO, not as a founder of a company. All as a CEO. And what he's done it is, during Apple's tenure should not be underestimated, of which, for the record, September's right around the corner. Kids, children, grab your pumpkins. It's time to celebrate Halloween. No, 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 no. It's time to celebrate back to school, BTS. And that's when you see a lot of the new phones, a lot of the new AirPods, a lot of the new Beats headphones. You see a lot of new uh, gear that kids can wear to school and say, look at cool I am. You with me? You against me? Yeah, no kidding. ESPN, ESPN says esports is not a fad. I got pulled into this. And I don't know how I feel about it. I was paying attention to the telly late at night, and I saw Activision Blizzard Overwatch League Grand Finales on ESPN. And I am not pooping you. I am not pulling your leg. I am not lying. They showed kids playing video games. And it got a rating. 215,000 households in America. That's about 20% lower than a really horrible boxing match on ESPN the previous Friday. It's well below a baseball game. But it's going to show some doubling. It's going to show that it's not a fad, that it's ascending, that it's a sport for younger audiences, not Rob. So can we imagine cheering people doing video games? And one thing about Overlord that I the Overwatch when I was watching it, I'm not a League of Legends kind of guy. I'm not I'm I'm just sorry, I'm give me the old Street Fighter, you know, kind of thing. But one of the things I was noticing about Overwatch is there's a lot of hopping around. And like this would drive me crazy. So in order to get your opponents, you hop, 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 hop around like a bunny. So and they have obviously problems tracking you with their scopes, and I don't think that's any way to win. That's no no man I know hops around like a bunny while he's playing a video game, right? So uh, ESPN say not going away. I like that. Esports not a fad. Can you imagine? And it doesn't take a lot. Turn on um, a baseball game. With two teams that aren't in the playoff hunt, and there ain't, there's nothing, there's there's people dressed up as empty seats as if it's Halloween. There's large chunks of people missing from the picture. Home sales fell for the fourth straight month in the United States. Quick, someone go find the punch. The party might be over. Sales of existing homes slipped for the fourth month consecutive. Declining seven tenths of a percent in July. Keep in mind, look at the calendar. This is back no in July. Way. Home sales have fallen one and a half percent during the past twelve months. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it's the type of homes. 
Houses worth more than 500000 have jumped in the past year, led by a 16.2% surge in sales of homes valued at more than a million. But homes between one hundred and two hundred fifty thousand, which is what considered the middle class can afford, have barely budged. And homes for less than one hundred thousand, which the big bad wolf says, "Oh no, I'm not going to blow down your house of sticks." Um, those have plunged ten point six percent from a year ago. Is it because there's no inventory, or is it because there's no demand? There's demand. There's no inventory. Would-be buyers are also coping with uh, higher interest rates, higher mortgage rates. You're able to afford less. So that's going to be a deterrent on the economy going forward. I'm Rob Locke, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's worthy of note. That, that's pretty darn good. Current bull market, which started March 9th, 2009. Where were you on March 9th, 2009? <laughs> I was right here. So this is the longest bull market since World War II. All we got to do is avoid a 20% correction or more as far as decline in the stock market prices. The market has risen more than 300% since its low nine years ago. And it surpassed the rally from 1990 to early 2000, which was 3,452 days. Now, I'm telling you, from 90 to 2000, the market basically went up. And from 2009 to 2018, the market has basically gone up. When there's been a pullback, it's been a pause that refreshed. Now, for those of you going, stack back at a roller coaster, I, I, I look at that as 20 years. And if you take a look, if you, you put in the bad years, it's 24 out of 30 up years. How is that a roller coaster? I know you're saying you need to quit your day job and go into professional do 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 doing. No, okay, probably God. not. So bull markets don't die of old age. What kills them is recessions. The earnings picture has been so bright. I think we're going to have a long expansion. I think the bull market continues. I will let you know when it looks like the bull market may not continue. It may not be the recession that happens that pulls us down in earnings and pulls us down in expectations for the future could be the president getting impeached or the president getting you know a situation where he has to pardon himself the whole idea of what we've seen in the court case recently has got to have some people rolling their eyes that truths aren't truths and the president might impeach himself or might it's, it's like it's crazy truths aren't truths do you remember studying in civics that we hold these truths to be right inalienable rights but not these truths, those truths. So the market is getting old. And when it dies, it's going to die. And you're going to go, ah, black, I know, I told you. There was some crazy nut a few years ago. And all I can tell you was his email was something like Al Crazy 666. So I, I, I'm guessing it was made up because even if you are Al and even if you are crazy, the whole 666 moniker was kind of a giveaway that 
probably this isn't your Tinder email address that you're giving out or your Facebook email address. Then again, maybe you're in like a witch cult or something like that, and that was what it was. But this guy was vicious on me. When there was down markets, he would attack in emails like 20 a day. It was always that overcapitalized postal service employee crazed text that he would put in his emails. And I'm sorry if I'm disrespecting postal workers, but I'm going with the age-old cliche that they're about to snap. So this guy would send me emails about, you know, ah, the market's going to zero, ah, IBM's going to zero, ah, Exodus is going to zero, ah. Oh, I do actually know his uh, last name. I do remember that now. I won't mention it. Um, but it's, it's interesting when you do have down years. Some people love to hate and people, you know, they forget. Look at this bull market. Look at these two 10-year periods of the market going nothing but up. You're in a glorious investment environment. You're in a market that's thumping real estate. Just throwing it out there for you. Facebook has uncovered global misinformation operations. You know what's interesting about Facebook? Investors don't care. It's, the, it's almost humorous to me that Facebook can do no wrong. Um, it, it's not so much that investors don't care. It's that the users don't care. Oh, your privacy is going to be totally invaded and, you know, we're going to uh, manipulate the data on you to, like, peg what you are to advertisers. And believe it or not, we're going to be more right than wrong because we have machine learning. Don't! Facebook and Instagram users are not recent are not worried by the recent chatter about scandals and concerns on fake news. Now think about this. Like Facebook has to go out of their way to like ban Russian sites and Russian news outlets from getting their information on the US platform tied towards the elections. But Facebook also wants to do business in, in Russia. And isn't part of the you know the business in Russia propaganda? Kind of interesting that it's, you know, they want to expand in Russia and China, but they also want to limit what's coming back negative right now. In the long run, do they really? So Mike Olson, he's an analyst, and he says $200 price target on Facebook, and that's 15% up from where it is now. Basically saying, you know, the company's had a tough year. There's no doubt about it. But... A survey of Facebook users and Instagram users found that two-thirds of respondents that were logged on for much last year, you know, are fine. So this raises the question right now around growth rates and expenses necessary to improve security. Facebook's going to run out of growth opportunities with this cycle of what they're doing. You know, Instagram and Messenger, they're going to grow for quite a while. WhatsApp, will it grow? Will they get any stickiness out of Oculus Rift? So far, I haven't seen anything that, you know, makes me want to put a video screen on my head. Other <laughs> than the idea I just said, put a video screen on my head, and suddenly that does sound kind of, kind of nice. In the world of politics and the economy... The web news company Politico has reported that a handshake trade deal between the U.S. and Mexico could be announced on Thursday. Interesting, right? As the heat gets turned up politically on uh, obstruction issues, inclusion issues, 
could we get a thawing and a more world-loving Donald Trump? Trump said he doesn't believe much is going to come out of the negotiations with U.S. and China, but the market's been optimistic nonetheless. There's now a nearly three-month stalemate with China. Yesterday afternoon, President Trump's longtime lawyer, Michael Cohen, pleaded guilty to bank and tax fraud and breaking campaign laws. You're Basically, fired. he You're said... Fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Oh, yes. Basically, he said, uh, I have some more information on the president as well. So, and I don't want to pardon. Interesting, right? Could we have written this year? Target and Urban Outfitters, they're big retailers. They both are trading higher today after they beat on top and bottom line estimates. Target's one of those companies that it was always considered more of a upscale um, Walmart. It was considered more of a middle class. And Wall Street kind of liked that because the middle class were able to say, you know, where Walmart, everyone was penny pension. Being cliche again. At Target, you'd, some people would be like, you know, hey, that scarf look, does look kind of stylish. And that's, isn't that a Michael Buble scarf? It is a Michael Buble. As he's, he's exclusive at Target. So Target always had that, that mojo going for him. And you know, you know what I'm going to be honest with you? Amazon came along in the 2000s, in the 1990s, but 2000s is when we started noticing it. And I, I don't care about investing in Target anymore. Target can come out with the best story in the world. We are going to Canada and sell donuts and hockey sticks. And, and not very good beer like Molson. So Target can say, like, we here's our best business plan ever. And I'm just not going to care because in the world of retail, I'm like, okay, you know, I get Home Depot. I get it. This weekend, I may need to go get me one of those big vacuum things, or I may need to go get me one of those big wood hauling uh, something cords. And where am I going to go? Amazon? Uh-uh. I'm going to go to Home Depot, and they're going to say, hey, Rob Black, I know you. I see you on TV. I'm going to go, oh, good God. Uh, uh. I need to be directed to the most masculine section on straps for trucks as possible. So I'm not going to go to Amazon. But anyway... So, Target and Urban Outfitters, better than expected um, quarters. Lowe's is down after lower than expected guidance overshadowed upbeat earnings. I'm not a Lowe's guy. When it comes to investing, sometimes I'd rather go with the prettier one than say, you know, I bet everything ends well with this one. No, 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 no. It's your choice. You don't have to hope. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing more. One of the things I'm picking up on today is that we are now moving into the longest bear market of all time. That's pretty interesting to me. It doesn't change the way I invest. It doesn't go, oh, all good things must come to an end. I need to be in front of it. I don't need to be in front of anything. And hopefully you don't either. If you if you feel that's where you are, you've probably done something slightly wrong and have bit off more than you can chew. But again, I get it. You know, I, I'm not trying to, any way, shape, or form, uh, talk down about wanting to be right or trying to time the markets as 
best as you can. Um, I would just be cautious. Because if it were that easy, more people would be able to say that they've done it. And again, um, it's really easy to kind of do a sales pitch to someone who wants to buy snake oil. I don't believe in snake oil. I don't believe in vitamins. Vitamins have been shown again and again and again to be very ineffective at going into your bloodstream. And yet some people are like, you know, I'm not going to say addicted to vitamins, but it's a, you know, you're peeing out some pretty expensive um, urine is probably the best way for me to say that without being too rude. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I do hope that uh, we get more calls as the year progresses. I know that as I've done this show for 20-plus years, we went from sometimes 17 to 21 calls in an hour to some days nothing. And you can sit there and beg for them. But I tend to like the calls because I tend to think that it makes for better content. So it tends to get things a little bit more real. Instead of talking about the news, we could be talking about each other and some of the big mistakes we've made, whether it be love or what have you. Uh, some of the biggest financial mistakes I, I've made clearly, clearly have been in the pursuit of women. Uh, not knowing that love doesn't buy mo- you know, money doesn't buy love. I didn't know. So it's not the message I was marketed to as a kid. I'm not sure about you. Oprah Winfrey coming out with a new type of pizza, the cauliflower crust. Really what this is, is Oprah giving her name to a company that slaps her name and her picture on it. And they sell whatever. It's like Donald Trump. Trump doesn't own hotels. His name is on hotels. And he does get a cut. But he's not taking the uh, real estate risk that you would imagine. Same thing with Oprah. She's not getting behind the, the make line and slapping out pizza. She's not coming home at 2 in the morning with you know her hands all gross and dried out from slapping flour. Now, Oprah's brand called Oh, That's Good is going to make money for Kraft Heinz. Yeah, no kidding. If you believe that Oprah still has some credibility in selling product. My personal opinion is she probably does, right? These 11-inch pies, and I'm going to call BS on this one. They serve five people. Five people. 11-inch pizza, no. They come in five cheese, uncured pepperoni, supreme and fire-roasted veggies. $6.99 each. That's suggested retail price. Pizza's favorite fun and food and happiness, friends and family. Oh, I hate being marketed to. I do, I do. Not sure about you, but that drives me a little bit on the crazy side. Look for a lot of tech IPOs to start shifting towards healthcare startups. It's, you know, kind of a holy grail. People living better lives through technology. So you're going to start seeing more of those stories out there and less of the Airbnbs and uh, delivery curbside service kind of stories. 2019. Job gains in the year through March to be revised up. That could probably be viewed as a negative for the stock market, in large part because the Federal Reserve is watching 
employment and when they're fearful of employment getting to the point where there's so much demand for employees that uh, we start hiking wages and heating up the economy or overheating the economy. So job gains in the year through March are being revised higher. Um, in the end, revisions happen on a pretty big uh, scale. So when GDP is first reported, it comes out with two or three revisions before everyone says, good, said, and done. I just saw a stock kind of jump back into my eyeballs for the first time in years. 3D system, ticker symbol DDD. And this was a story stock where... 3D printers were going to change the world. And yeah, there was a report recently on 60 Minutes about you know 3D printing a gun and how easy it is to do. And do we need this person on the planet who gives you the plans for 3, 3D systems and printing guns? So 3D systems is breaking out as a stock. And if you look at it as a, a chart and a stock, you go... I get it. But then you also have to, at some point in time, look at the financials. Or you have to look at something else other than how the stock is, wow, it hasn't been at $21 a share in three years. It's breaking out. And other than saying, you know, it's at a 52-week high in a market that's, you know, grinding higher and it's got a little bit of momentum, you got to label sometimes, but you also got to dig deeper. So... 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, anytime I have a seminar coming up, and I got one coming up in the next couple of weeks, you can sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com, or robblackshow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.